What's so funny about religion? It's great when I think when Muslim and Jewish people and whoever turns up to our show see this Jewish guy and a Muslim guy on stage and we can crack these jokes about each other's faith and like there's the politics around it and we don't mean each other ill will. These are these are jokes. Yes, yeah, they're, sometimes they're about serious things, but this is how we're going to create a better narrative is by sharing this space. And at least we can say these words without killing each other, right? This is Beliefs. I'm Bill Baker. Ashley Blaker is an Orthodox Jew, and Imran Youssef is a Muslim. Two great comedians, two great religions. Together they perform a double act that explores the absurdities and the uncomfortable truths about religion. Producer Jay Woodward sat with them to discuss their work in London. Ashley Blaker, Imran Youssef, thank you. Welcome to Beliefs. Thank Thank you for having us. Let's get to it. What's funny about religion? Uh, what isn't funny about religion? I mean, <laughs> we, we, and I can only speak about myself. And that's actually, I think, the fun thing actually about what we're doing. We speak about ourselves. Like, so I, I don't, I'm definitely not one for, you know, I don't want to upset other people and offend them and mock what a Muslim person does or mock what a Christian person does. Um, maybe what a Scientologist does. No, I won't mock it. I try not to. I try not to mock. But I'm very happy to mock myself because a rabbi once said to me, you should take your religion seriously, but you shouldn't take yourself too seriously. And I think that's very good advice. So I try not to take my self too seriously, and I, I'm capable of looking at a lot of what I do and thinking, wow, that when you stop and think about it, this must look pretty crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that you say that because it seems sometimes that you can't get away from the fact that all comedy can be distilled down to ridicule, even though it doesn't have to be. But there is sort of a gentle observation that is always happening. Mm. And when you're touching on religious subjects, that must be an interesting dance. Yeah, I think think the – there is a – a little bit of, I wouldn't say exactly a free pass, like you're getting a whole pass, but I think it, it is easier when you are at least living it a little bit because some people would say, well, you're kind of too close to the subject to really take it apart and criticise it, but it's not really what I want to do. What I want to do is just tell you what my life is like and poke a bit of fun at, at, at myself in a way and, and how I live my life. And when you do that, then at least you're able to say... Look, I do at least do this. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this. You know, give an example. One of the things that very strict Orthodox Jews and strict Muslims um, have an issue with is that this issue of shaking hands with people of the opposite sex apart from your spouse. And I talk about this on stage about the issues I've had over the years about going into meetings and trying to get out of shaking hands and pretend that, you know, going into a meeting with a bag in one hand and a coat in the other. And when somebody offers a hand going, oh, I'm sorry, I've got a hand free. And this kind of thing. And, uh, and I'm capable of looking at these situations and thinking, this is ridiculous. Um, and so I'm only talking about my own life. That's, that's really the point. Does that map with your experience, Imran? Um, I grew up kind of being afraid of girls. So my first job in the, was in the games industry for an American games company, Midway Games. And uh, I remember I'd see the way adults would interact and the men and the women sometimes would kiss each other on the cheek. And I'd be like, whoa, what's that about? Like, 
this is a professional place of business. Why are these people like making out? That that's what it was to me in my head. And I was like, well, I'm I'm not getting involved in any of that. So if you know if any of those women try any of that on me, right? Um, but I've grown up since then, <laughs> and uh, and a handshake is fine. And I know in certain European cultures, it's the two kisses or the three kisses or something like that. And um, and. If a woman initiates it, I let her do what she wants to do. <laughs> I'm not married yet, so I'm trying to bag a wife through this. <laughs> Imran, now in our, when uh, we tour together, Imran shakes the hands of women for me. <laughs> yeah, I do it for you, and then I tell him what it feels like. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I like hearing about it. <laughs> Gentle, well moisturized. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I have read that you have been described, the two of you, as an Orthodox Jew and a knowledgeable Muslim. There's a question of... That implies that I'm not knowledgeable and he's not orthodox. <laughs> but I think... I don't, I don't know. No, I think he's, he's, he's pretty authentic to me, I think. But, oh, yeah. thank you. It's all a perception at the end of the day. If you, you accept, you know, I, I one thing I've learned, I was watching um, Joe Rogan talk to Guy Ritchie and um, Guy Ritchie says to me, you know, you have to be the master of your kingdom. You've got to wear the suit. So in some people's opinion, I will be ex-Muslim or Y-Muslim or Z-Muslim, whatever. I am who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am. And and the label is that. So on this tour, we've put on the marketing that, you know, you look at Ashley's an Orthodox Jew and I would call myself a somewhat unorthodox Muslim. But what does that mean, unorthodox? You know, it means my fighting style is very different. Right? Sometimes I lead my left, <laughs> read my right. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. No, I think it's, look, everything is relative, right? And in Judaism, very much so. You look at me and you think, and you know, for uh, those who can't see me, obviously, I'm in a white shirt, a black suit. I look like the real typical Orthodox Jew. Um, you come to my synagogue, I'm basically a Gentile compared to some of the guys in there. They look at me and like, who's this guy? Um, you know, he's named, he hasn't even got a Hebrew name. And um, interesting that you bring that up. I want to listen to a, a some a clip that uh, that was sent my way. I've never, you've not heard this story. I'm kind, I'm slightly in two minds telling this story. It, I, I don't come out of this story that well. But, um, oh, should I? No, I'll tell you, I'll start it now. So I was in Brent Cross. Do you know Brent Cross Shopping yeah, yeah, Centre? Yeah, in North London. Brent Cross Shopping Centre, shopping mall in, in uh, North London. And um, I was walking there a few months ago with uh, a couple of my children. And this very, very orthodox, if that's the right word, Muslim family walked towards me. The man's wearing the kind of full kind of, Skirty thing. The skirty what's thing. That, what's that called? It's, it's definitely not a skirt. What um, is it? Um, you know what? There's different names for it in different languages. I just know it. Is he's wearing he's, the dress? The dress. You don't know. <laughs> I, I think he's a Hindu in disguise. <laughs> he doesn't know what it's called. We would call it like a salvar kameez or something. Like that. But there's no English word for it. Really. The thobe. I think the English word is the thobe. He'd be wearing the thobe. Okay. Oh, the Islamic okay. thobe. Okay. Right, it's not really an Islamic thobe. Right, so it's okay. like the clothes existed before the religion. It's not like people are walking around right, naked okay. going, we got religion now, we can wear clothes. <laughs> right, so he was wearing that and then the woman was wearing the full burqa. She's got like, you know, can't oh, see her right. face at all. And he, and he sees that I'm Jewish. And he comes up to me and he says, oh, excuse me. I believe there's a kosher restaurant here. Where is it? And I, and I said to him, oh, it's, um, it's called Canteen. You just walk down there and turn left. And I turned to my sons and I said, look, if later on we read something has happened at Canteen and it's blown up, this conversation didn't happen. <laughs> As I say, I slightly had in two minds whether to tell that story, and now I regret it. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I love this clip. This is this is a, a really really interesting conversation mm. that you guys are having, mm. and. Ashley, you're bringing up this story that you say a couple of times. You're like, I, I don't yeah. know about well, this no, one. Well, I, I love this clip as well. But just to clarify, so we're doing this tour at the moment called Profit Sharing in the UK. And the way the show works is that I do a set before the intermission. Then uh, Imran does a set. And then we do half an hour together. But that half an hour is based on some questionnaires that the audience have filled in. And it's quite ad-libbed, basically. And so what I love about this, we, we do just tell stories to each other that we've not heard, that maybe we've never said before. So this is a clip, I, this is a story I had never said before. I'd kind of, it was a true story. I was like, too much, do I ever want to tell this story on stage? I kind of feel like it doesn't really portray me in a very good light. But yeah, there is something quite fun, actually, I suppose quite cathartic as well sometimes about saying those things that people think, but kind of, you think to yourself, but you don't really want to say it out loud because you probably shouldn't think it right that must be a very compelling moment in yeah. the evening because you're coming it, it, into it is. But an it, authenticity but remember, that you wouldn't yeah but remember because it is and you could kind of say when you know you're kind of questioning yourself going well am i being islamophobic there but i suppose like if you stop and think about it why would this very orthodox muslim family be asked i mean i do understand there's a crossover there is an explanation it's like halal okay when you stop and really think about it but at first glance you think why is this very orthodox Muslim man asking me for the where is the kosher restaurant? It's so kind of yeah, and so your like alarm bells start going off, and yeah, like but you don't want to kind of admit that publicly. So I think they sound quite cathartic actually for an audience when somebody says those things that you think but don't necessarily say out loud. So I guess the question is how do you how do you know how to roll that out? Because you can see you can see the little gem of comedy mm. in front of you, but what's great with this and for various reasons, I, I, I like working with Imran and doing this stuff together. But in this context, particularly with this story, uh, it works because I'm standing next to a Muslim comedian who's able to laugh and enjoy. And it, it, if I was stood on my own as doing stand up and turn that, I don't think it would work so well. I think I wouldn't probably do that. But I think it's telling a story like this to someone who's Muslim and to be able to see their reaction is, <laughs> is kind of what makes it, I think, um, makes it feel slightly more palatable. Would you agree? You yeah. Know? That, you know, it, I. I realize I've been in comedy. I've been doing stand about fourteen years, and in that time, I've learned. I've learned like I can't be offended now. I've just learned that I, I've. I've decided that it's a choice for me now. I realize that you can only be offended by something if you believe it's true, and so I don't value somebody else's judgment of me or my faith or their estimation of me. Like I'm totally confident in who I am, but. And I, but most people don't have this skill. I've realized that not a lot of people have this. And I've developed it because I've been backstage with comics who often say abhorrent things to each other. But that's the nature of what we do. And it does work. It's great when I think when Muslim and Jewish people and whoever turns up to our show see this Jewish guy and a Muslim guy on stage and we can crack these jokes about each other's faiths and like there's the politics around it. And we don't mean each other ill will. These are these are jokes. Yes, they're, sometimes they're about serious things, but this is how we're going to create a better narrative is by sharing this space. And at least we can say these words without killing each other, right? <laughs> Stephen Fry, who's a very big uh, atheist and necessarily agree with everything he says but he, i did see once that he he says he said people don't give offense you take offense it's not something that you give that i don't give you offense you decide to take offense it's something it's in your choice um and so it's a kind of personal choice that people have whether they decide to take offense or something or not but the, the line is obviously is that then if that person's saying what so if someone uses a racial slur 
to say to me. I'm like, well, that's just a word you want to use to describe me. It means nothing to me. But then if when once he's got 10 friends behind him and they're coming at me with tiki torches, right, or whatever, um, I might, yeah, I, I, I should be concerned because yeah. then the violence is about to come, uh, it's coming my way. But in the words and the ideas themselves, mm. I'm just like, now whatever you think is what you think. And uh, it, I think I would only be offended. I'd only be like, oh my God, my feelings are hurt if I believed it. If someone told me that I wasn't funny or I, I was rubbish, I'd only be offended if I believed it, but I'm quite clearly like I am hilarious, like really like proper hilarious, not like ha ha funny, but like I'm about yeah. to die. I cannot breathe. This guy is the comedy genius of the world. You know, I've, I, I honestly, it's a burden. I've, little bit I arrogant. Tell. <laughs> it's not arrogant. I've always thought you're the second best comedian. In the world. <laughs> Um, no, he's a semantic point, I think, uh, from Stephen Fry there about, you know, because obviously there are things that are offensive. It's not like saying, well, you should be able to go around and call people whatever words yeah, you like. Yeah, it's not an excuse but it's, to go and... Exactly, yeah. go call, use the N-word or this word or that word. But I still think um, it's a useful point that audience... Because there are people who do hear exactly the same material and one person won't be offended and one person will. And, and that is, to some extent, their choice. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, there are some yeah. things that are kind of, I guess, think objectively offensive. Yeah, there, you know, but there are some things that really aren't, and it's your choice. The backlash that you do experience, do you find that that comes from inside your your own individual oh, communities? Do. Yeah, I do. I get it a lot. I had yeah. it last night. I had. It, I had. We're doing this show, um, and so we're on tour at the moment. We've done five shows so far. We've had we've had over a thousand people have seen the show so far. And I've had only one complaint. So that's actually pretty pretty good. But um, there's one rabbi who, and this is such a Jewish thing. So a rabbi, it was actually his wife. It was so weird. Like, I don't know why he didn't just message me himself. But I got a message from the uh, wife of a rabbi last night who was saying, can he have my phone number? He wants to speak to me today to give me feedback. <laughs> I love it. He kind of implies this to give me feedback. Exactly. I said, well, the thing is, we've had over a thousand people, so I can't enter into discussions of feedback with everyone. You know? And I know what it is. It's obviously like, you, you know, you're not happy with something I said. And, and, I, and I, said, I said, look, with all due respect, I, I, uh, you know, this is why there's a very, sometimes I do do a thing in a synagogue or whatever, an organized Jewish organization, but that's different. But when I do a show in a theatre, you're coming into my house mm. and I can say what I like. Yep. And that's actually the beauty of doing shows in theatres. I can say whatever I like. <laughs> what you were talking about brings up another point, though. Mm. To what extent do you both end up um, feeling the pressure of being a standard bearer for your faith? I, I, I have that quite a lot. And I suppose that's one of the problems I suppose I suppose some people have. So, you know, if you're, you have to be very careful because you're making a... Um, you're you're a public face so we've got these words more more jewish words for you and these are really good words and and, and i think are very important to me <laughs> so there's a there's a concept called kiddush hashem um what kiddush hashem means hashem means the, the name is actually just means god god is called hashem yeah? kiddush hashem means sanctifying god's name in in the world and it's a very important thing so jews particularly all sorts of Jews, but all, all Jews, when we do something good, when we behave well, when, you know, remember that story, it was in all the papers in the US, the rabbi, I think it was in, I think it was in New Orleans, I can't remember, but he bought a table on, or like an armoire or something, on uh, eBay, and he opened it up and found $50,000 in it, and then he contacted the person who'd like sold it to him to give them the money, 
And that makes a Kiddush Hashem. People read that and go, wow, aren't the Jews uh, a good people? They must be the chosen people. They are a holy people. Now, the converse of that is something called a Chilal Hashem. Um, we pronounce C-H-H, so Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, I love Jackie Chan films. Uh, so yeah, Chilal Hashem. That's a desecration of God's name. So that is when a Jew, particularly an Orthodox Jew, whatever, behaves badly, that desecrates God's name. You know, it's like, I don't know, you can think of lots of, uh, maybe I shouldn't mention them, but things like Harvey Weinstein, for example. Um, or, But certainly when an Orthodox Jew does something bad, because they're very outwardly... I don't think I've outed Harvey Weinstein as being Jewish. I think probably most people would have known he was Jewish. But certainly me, I look very recognisably like an Orthodox Jew. For a lot of the people I work with, particularly when I used to be a producer at the BBC, I was like the only Orthodox Jew they probably ever met. So it's very important to me to act very a very high standard. Like, so I would never like shout and scream at researchers and assistant producers because I don't want them to go, oh, the Jews, you know, they can't, you know, because you desecrate God's name by doing that. So, yeah, it's very important. And I don't know, you, I mean, I don't know would, if you, you don't, I mean, Imran looks Asian, he doesn't necessarily look Muslim particularly, but I don't know if you, you feel that burden. But I certainly, I look the part. So it's very important that I don't, uh, I really do carry that around a lot. So when I'm on, say, the London Underground or on the subway in New York, you know, I, I'm not going to like barge past people to get on the to get to the seat, and I'm going to wait for people. And I want to be polite and open doors for people because I'm very much in my mind that I want people to think, "Oh, look at that!" You know, that that's have a positive view of Jewish people. Mm. Imran, do you have um, a similar experience? I'm hyper aware of my perceived value. I think I always have been of just you understand there's a, there's a way people work there's a way this reality works there's a way that humanity works and i'm aware like so yeah post um so post 911 just sometimes you know the the extra hassle that i get a border control i can get angry about it because i kind of feel like look guys i'm the nicest guy you'll ever meet but you're but you've got your thing that you've got to do and so i've learned look they've got to do their job so just let them do it right mm-hmm. and they may be rude they may be stern but at the end of the day what's the worst that's going to happen they're going to send me back i'm not going to jail i'm not i know i'm not going to do i'm not there for any violent purposes or, or or anything like that you guys um it feels like in the last three to five years that the rise of islamophobia the rise of anti-semitic uh, attacks in in places of worship mm. they feel like they're on the rise they yeah. feel like they're growing and that's borne out by uh, statistics as well so as much as you guys are standard bearers, you know, the the trouble with being Jewish, the trouble with being Muslim, and then the trouble of the two of you together, does that bring a little synergy? Does that no, yeah, a, no, I've a double of, target on your back in, in a way? Uh, no, I don't know. I was viewed the other way. I mean, I've I, I spoken about this in a lot of interviews that the there is a rise of uh, far-right hatred. So there's never been a more it's never been more timely what we're doing. I mean, so you've had, yeah, if we had uh, Pittsburgh and San Diego in the US and obviously Christchurch in New Zealand. And so forget the long history of, you know, tension between Jews and Muslims. We are a a joint target of a very worrying, obviously, rise of far-right hatred. So we need to to realize we're stronger together than apart. And I think if... If there's anything that uh, the one really big positive message, and we're, and we're by no means we're comedians, I'm sure you'd agree, Imran. We're comedians. We're not, we're not 
evangelists. We're not look, we're not doing this to be evangelical in any way. We're not doing this to to try and ram home a message. But that that is definitely a positive message. That I would love people to. I, a I would say would love people to take away. But B I know they already have. I, I that's the feedback I'm getting. I think people leave with an incredibly warm feeling because I say we do this half an hour on stage together, and for a mixed crowd of Jews, Muslims, people, Christians, uh, people of no faith. And they leave with a really positive, uplifting feeling. Mm. And that's great. So, but yeah, I think that, you know, those things you talk about are, are, are really, they're worrying, but it, it gives it more motivation to do this. There's such an element of, um, of mysticism and just the earnestness of being a person of faith, being a person... Uh, devoted to a commitment-based life. And that earnestness somehow feels like it's occasionally in tension with comedy, which needs to be self-observant in, in a way. Can you tell me a little bit about how the earnestness of your faith can inform comedy as well? How the earnestness of it? Well, I think religion is one of the greatest conviction of self-introspection of well, maybe not so much the word religion, but here's the example of, of Abraham. He was somebody who grows up in an environment where there's an established, organized religion, and he rejects it, and he becomes a pariah, and they try to burn him. They try to kill him, and he walks away from it, and looking around at the reality that we all inhabit, the reality that we did not create, nor do we sustain, except we are the created, and we are the sustained. And he figures out, well, you know what? I don't know what this God is, but whatever's created this must have made everything that's the only thing that i'm going to um that's the only thing that i will uh, associate with uh with being the creator with being the greatest power not a stone statue not a story somebody's told me but whatever's created this reality and so that example is forever beavering away in my head of just like you know sure i'm a comedian and and i get to tell all these jokes but every day, every moment of every day, I'm just like, wow, I'm just being alive, being like, what are we doing? Like, where is this place? And then that trickles through to what I'm going to eventually talk about. I find the absurdity of life of just, you know, that we have, there was a time, probably, there was a time in this country where if you wanted to travel between London and Manchester, it, all, it would have been very difficult. There would have been bandits, there would have been all kinds of like problems, but now we just go, right? And in some point in the future, they're like, hold on, to, to go between Britain and America, you had to you had to have passports. What was that all about? Oh, yeah, because we didn't trust each other, right? We didn't quite trust that it will be as ridiculous. So I look at this reality and we have created a narrative around this reality. There's different countries. Look, there's just lumps of soil that stick out the ground and we all sit on them. We stick a flag in it, right? Claim it, give it a different name and then think it's special. Thousands of years from now, there won't be the countries that we have now. There won't be the definitions that we have. So... Um, the earnestness, to go back to your question, um, that comes out of, uh, I, that, that, is, that is encouraged by modern religion is for us to remember these stories and remember that just, what is this? Like, what is this? And through that, through that absurdity of like these ideas that we come up with, the comedy kind of comes easy. I agree with some of that, but I still think we'll be using passports in the future. 
like hundreds of years from now, I think it'll be it'll all be yeah. gone. We'll just, really it'll, no it'll, yeah, in the in 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 like hundreds of years from now, they'll, they'll, just, be, they'll just be Earth, and we'll just behave ourselves. Which just a message to whoever's listening to this, you know, please come and watch the show, support the show, and considering how conflicted the world appears, you know, also pay attention to people like myself and Ashley. Um, who want to build bridges and if you whatever prejudice that you have about people that you judge it's fine to hold that prejudice because you you may be afraid but go out and engage with somebody that you don't know so if you don't know any Muslim people if you don't know any Jewish people go out there and engage a Muslim or a Jew go to the Jewish museum go to a a Muslim art centre go and just try and learn because if you can make one friend if you can make one friend out of somebody who's put that you think is your enemy all right suddenly now there's one less enemy and now there's one new friend. And if we all did that and we all became much more familiar with each other, imagine the world we can create because we are creating the narrative of, 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 of the world. We're creating it with the stories that we tell each other. Ashley Blaker, Imran Youssef, thank you for joining us on The Beliefs. I really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you for having us. Our guests were comedians Ashley Blaker and Imran Yusuf. Their touring show in the UK is called Profit Sharing. The conversation continues on our Facebook page and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes. Beliefs is brought to you with the support from the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media, Public Policy, and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jay Woodward is our producer. The theme music is by Edward Billis. I'm Bill Baker. Thank you for listening and tell a friend.